Hello and welcome to episode 94 of the In Squash podcast. I'm your host, Jerry Gibson, and uh, this is our fourth in the Pan Am Games uh, uh, series that we have ongoing. Uh, we had Andrew Douglas, uh, we had uh, Andrew Schnell, Olivia Blatchford-Klein, and today uh, Jamaican team number one, Christopher Binney, uh, joins me. Uh, he's an eight-time Jamaican national champion, eight-time Caribbean national champion, standout for the Trinity Varsity team, which won four national titles. And uh, he got as high as number 69 in the world. He dropped a little bit, uh, which uh, is something that we talk about on the podcast uh, today. Along with him on the team uh, are Lewis Walters at number two and Bruce Burrows at number three. Uh, a team that uh, shouldn't be taken lightly. Definitely a, a tricky proposition for any of the top teams uh, uh, at that event. Uh, I mean, Christopher has the ability to pull off uh, wins at number one, and Lewis Walters um, is um, uh, Lewis Waters is uh, a force to be reckoned with. He's an experienced PSA uh, Tour veteran. He's got some uh, big wins under his belt, and at number two will prove difficult uh, for all all the players at the two position. And uh, then Bruce Burrows has uh, nothing to lose. I'm not too familiar with his game, but I'm sure uh, playing at number three with those two above him, he'll be uh, inspired to play uh, some very good squash. So Team Jamaica, not to be taken lightly. Uh, Chris and I have a great chat uh, about his career growing up uh, playing squash in Jamaica, born uh, born there and played all his junior uh, squash there before he left to play for Trinity uh, for the varsity team there. He also played soccer for that team, incidentally, which we talk a little bit about. Um, and uh, I watched a few of his matches on YouTube and just a very, you can just tell he's got all the talent uh, there. He has the uh, the skills to, to be a top player in the world. Uh, he got up as high as, uh, I think it was 60, top, uh, yeah, maybe 69 or 65 in the world uh 2017 2018 and then as maybe some of you know he had that very uh, scary incident where he had the transient ischemic uh, attack which is also known as a, a mini stroke um, and we go into talking about that quite a scary uh, incident for him uh, it didn't turn out to be overly serious but something you know that probably in the back of his mind uh, something that uh, might have affected his squash going forward after that. Obviously it did. He dropped uh, a fair bit in the rankings, but uh, probably he, uh, I think he's uh, made some significant recovery since then, both physically and mentally, and uh, he'll be back playing uh, very good squash. Uh, probably right now he's playing some great squash, so uh, leading up to, to the Pan Am uh, game. So uh, I know uh, I really enjoyed this, uh, this chat. Chris Benny, episode 94 of the In Squash podcast. Enjoy. Well, this is uh, episode 93, I think, today, and uh, we're really happy to have on the eight-time uh, Jamaican national champion, eight-time Caribbean national champion, Pan Am squash championship silver medalist, the standout at Trinity during his days there, uh, current world 96, and uh, most importantly, uh, for now, uh, re representing Jamaica at the upcoming Pan Am Games at the end of the month. Chris Binney's my guest. Chris, great to have you on the podcast. Hey, thanks. Thanks for having me. Yeah, great. Uh, now, um, you're, you're just getting in, uh, having to deal with uh, New York City traffic. It's uh, Independence Day there, uh, or was. Uh, yeah, how, how, how did you celebrate, uh, how'd you celebrate the day? 
<laughs> with uh, a lot of eating and a little bit of rest. Um, now I went down to, uh, to my girlfriend's place and uh, we just kind of hung out and watched the fireworks um, on the Jersey Shore. So it was uh, pretty relaxing and good, great to um, have a little break every now and then. Yeah, right on. Uh, I, I would imagine, uh, you know, celebrating uh, Independence Day uh, in New York City or in around New York uh, would be pretty cool, eh? Yeah, yeah. Uh, I mean, especially it's not my holiday, but uh, I'll celebrate it with uh, with everyone up here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. This area, there's a lot of people doing a lot of things. There's a lot of a lot of people around, um, and everyone's trying to just have a good time. So it, it was a uh, it. Uh, it was good yesterday, and I guess the weekend is going to be pretty fun too. So, yeah, well, uh, well, enjoy it. And uh, although I'm sure you you've got a bit of squash on, on your on your plate as well with the uh, Pan Am Games uh, coming up, uh, are you just there visiting your girlfriend, or are you there uh, doing some uh, some squash related stuff? Yeah, yeah. I mean, yesterday I took the day off, but then back into it today. Um, today straight through, I guess. Uh, the, the the same old training schedule and um, just really looking forward to uh, the games in about three weeks now, right? Yeah, um, it's just around the corner. And then hopefully they uh, they will go well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. yeah you're, this is part of a, of my podcast uh, Pan Am Games series. We've had on uh, Andrew Schnell recently, uh, Andrew Douglas. Uh, just yesterday I spoke with uh, Olivia Blatchford, now you, and uh, um, we're going to, going to have on a few others, including your old coach, uh, Paul Asciante. He's going to be coming on soon. So we'll, we'll get to talk to the general, uh, about a few things as well. <laughs> awesome. I hope yeah. he has some good things to say about me. <laughs> oh, yeah. I'm sure he will. Yeah, I'm sure he will. Maybe, but, maybe uh, some bad stuff too. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, you guys are joined at the hip almost for, for the past few years. I mean, uh, I guess you're doing some, you've been assistant coach there as well since, uh, you left, uh, since you stopped playing. Uh, so uh, why don't we start with that? How's that going? Uh, you know, we're still uh, co- uh, coaching a bit at, Tr- at Trinity. How do, how do you enjoy that role? Yeah, I mean, um, uh, when I graduated, uh, you know, Paul had offered me a chance to stay on and uh, get a master's uh, as well as then coach the team. And um, I was pretty set on that and I was happy to do that. And at the same time, I was like, I'll, I'll have a go on the tour as well. I'll start playing some events and, and that's kind of how it led to me playing on the tour. I mean, I don't think in college I ever really thought about playing professionally. And I mean, I really enjoyed it and I thought I was still improving in college. And then, um, yeah, I, I just decided to say, hey, all right, I have a little extra time. I'll do my master's and that, that would take two years. I'll coach the team. And then I think five years down the road, I was doing pretty well on the tour and uh, I was still coaching there. You know, I, the time kind of flew, to be honest. Um, and then uh, last last June or May, actually, I, I, le- I left the full-time kind of role as the assistant because um, it was just getting pretty hectic to try and give as much time as I want to give to playing um, and right. also giving as much time as I wanted to coaching the guys on the team because I really did like that. And I felt like I was shortchanging both. Right. Um, yeah. So I decided, you know, I can always come back to coaching but, but not playing and then decided to just take the leap and just go more full-time if that makes sense so I still helped out a bit in the season I, I went up every now and then um to help uh you know Paul and then did some backroom things you know for for him if he needed help um but but yeah I, I moved on to Greenwich to be closer to uh Rod Martin who, who I started working with uh, about two or three years ago now right um 
and then also Chris Hansen, Ryan Kaskelly, the Abdullah. There was a good good group of players there, so I decided to move down there and, and kind of give it a go. So this has kind of been one one year. Hasn't been a great year, unfortunately, but oh, well, <laughs> um, yeah. one year done. I've learned a lot, and hopefully, I, I can get a little better next year. Yeah. Well, we'll, we'll talk about that in, in a minute, Chris. I, I just want to take a look back, though, if you don't mind. Uh, you were born and raised in uh, in Jamaica, and uh, from all accounts, from what what I from what I can gather, you really enjoyed your your squash development uh, there. So, just wondering, uh, how did you get your start in squash uh, in Jamaica? Yeah, um, so I guess I, I grew up, uh, I basically grew up at a club where both my parents played squash. My mom played squash and tennis. My dad did a bit of golf. Um, he played a lot of football or soccer mm-hmm. and um, and squash as well. So I kind of just kind of grew up at this place playing and I didn't really formally get into it maybe until I was eight, nine. And I started taking a couple of lessons. And then, um, you know, I, 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 I just ended up, getting pretty good, I guess, you know, I had a couple of coaches down there who were great, you know, for me at the time. And I think I ended up developing, um, I mean, a little, I mean, everyone says timing is, is, is important, but there was a, there was a group of older guys, you know, when I was 15, 14, 15, 16, 17, a guy, guys who were like 35 to 45, yeah. um, who were playing and they were playing at a, a very good level for their age, you know, and, and for like the maybe under 19 age in the world. So I was actually able to continue to grow because I kept losing to these guys. <laughs> oh, right. So it wasn't like I was playing against guys my age, really. I was playing against these guys who were, you know, very good players. And I think that kept me kind They're of prob- going. Probably pushing you around uh, a bit on court, right? Oh, definitely. And, yeah. and it wasn't even, you know, it's not that the, the simple things, you know, not the basic, you know, junior squash you see. I mean, these guys throwing in some reverse angles, these guys, you know, pushing you out the way, using their big bodies sometimes. So, you know, you had to kind of learn and be crafty. And I think, I think I was lucky in a sense to have that because that, that doesn't happen as much. Um, now there, there's like a, a little gap in that kind of players and development in Jamaica. So there's not many guys coming up right now. There are a couple, um, but I think I was just pretty fortunate with the timing of it all. And then, you know, going off to college and continuing to, to play, I think, I think I was just pretty lucky. Yeah. Yeah. I, I, I can remember, I mean, uh, just back in those days, you, you remind me of that time, uh, you know, playing the, the older guys and they'd always go for the, you know, that, that reverse angle from the back, uh, the back corner and, and sort of throw, you know, push you around, bump India from, you know, running into the front court, trying to pick up yeah. uh, drop shots and stuff. That was good fun back, you know, looking back. Yeah, for sure. And they would tell you, you know, yeah, it's a learning experience. And I'm like, what? Come on. <laughs> and, uh, yeah. But, back at it but at 16 I was like yeah, I'm just pretty pissed off I keep losing <laughs> but I you know lately uh, I think in the last uh, half year or so I mean I've on squash TV anyways you've been seeing a few players uh, employ that shot the reverse angle and I forget uh, um, I think Joey Barrington or some gave gave that shot uh, as he does with a lot of things gave it a nickname and I forget the name he gave it something like the social shot or something uh, I forget what it was <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, yeah, but uh, it, it yeah, seems to have. Uh, so right? so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the uh, it seems to have come back in, in, into uh, into the pro game. Pro game is there? Do you think there's value to that shot? Or yeah, I mean, I think there's value to to any shot on court. To be honest, mm-hmm. as long as it's used at the right time. Um, I think probably Rami was a good example of being able to use nearly every inch of space on the court. Yeah. you know, effectively. And 
I think a lot of people learned from. I mean, he w- he would be relatively unorthodox, but I mean, but his basics were still very very good, you know. But at times he would stretch you not just to the front corner, but like you know um, maybe uh, the front right half corner or so. You know, he he would use every piece of the court. And I think now guys are trying to trying to do that, and and that shot has now become a little cheeky surprise in a way. I mean, you're playing a guy who's driving the ball a hundred times and all of a sudden he just throws in that little cheeky quick angle, you're on your back feet. So, yeah. So, yeah, I think every shot can have value. Yeah, just as long as it doesn't hit you in the back of the leg. Yeah, then you, you take a let and you go again, right? <laughs> and then you don't do it again. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Now, uh, now after your uh, – I did want to ask you, though, if you, uh, you know, Jamaican squash doesn't get a lot of uh, – squash press uh, out there that's not much you don't really hear much about it aside from from you and maybe lewis but uh um just wondering as you were growing up who who would you who would you say were some of your your influences who or maybe a name one of the one of the over 35 guys that really sort of took you under his wing uh, back in the day i mean there, there were several i mean anyone who i kind of hit with at uh i used to play at the ligony club and i still go there and, and hit and it's probably the premier sports club maybe in Kingston. Um, we have six courts. It's the biggest on the island of anywhere. Um, but, but yeah, I mean, the, some of those, those good guys, uh, Wayne Burroughs, Bruce Bicknell. I mean, those guys played Bruce in Bicknell. Canada. Bruce Bicknell. Okay, well, I, I know Bruce yeah, uh, from I mean, my – he was a, a couple of age groups uh, ahead of me in juniors, yeah. Yeah, so those guys, you know, um, Chris Bicknell, Bruce's older brother – uh, Warren Burroughs, Wayne's, uh, Wayne's brother, um, Steve Smith. I mean, a handful of guys. And then even across the Caribbean too, you know, likes of someone like Richard Chin in, okay. in the later, my later junior years. I mean, seeing him and him coming back to play for Ghana. Yeah. They were just, they were just a ton of, ton of good players that around that time that, that didn't really leave, you know, which was great for me because I was there and, mm. and that definitely helped. That's awesome. So, so you went from uh, from there, and, and I guess you accepted a, a scholarship or, or, or a spot on on the Trinity Varsity team under the the uh, the guidance of Paul Asiante. So, those years you had great uh, uh, success, four national titles, I think. So, what was it like? I mean, we all hear about Paul, and uh, you know what a great coach he is and you know he's coaching the, the american team at the pan am games but uh, can you t- speak to that uh, from a personal perspective what was it what is it about paul that makes him uh, uh, such a great coach particularly uh, at the team level I, I was i was very fortunate to see both sides you know as a player and as a coach and you know uh, me also maturing as a, as a person too uh, I, I was really lucky to to see, you know, nearly every side, you know, Paul has. As a player, you know, we disagreed a lot uh, <laughs> from what I remember, um, but I always respected what he said. I, uh, I, played, I played soccer as well at Trinity. So, I mean, I was only really playing squash three, four months out of the year. And the rest of the year I was doing soccer training because I, I wasn't as good in soccer, but I really loved playing soccer. So I would train more for soccer. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and, you know, coach, you know, while he was happy, I was playing another sport. You know, we... But it heads every now and then at the beginning of preseason that I wasn't doing enough squash and but uh but eventually you know I, I ended up playing, you know, every year there on the team and, and it, it worked out pretty well. And then when he asked me to stay on, I got to see the other side, you know, and I think one of his biggest qualities is uh he's an incredible mentor. Um mm. 
you know, he will tell you he, he's failed in, in many, many past lives, he'd like to say he had. But I think he's also <laughs> yeah. learned so much from that, that he has some incredible life lessons that, that you can learn from him. And um, me being able to, to learn those as a player and then also see how he implements them too. I got to see both sides and, and the way how he, he, he deals with people, talks to people. Um, he just finds a way to, to have a team rally around a cause and he really gets a team to buy in. Yeah. And as much as it's an individual sport at the college level, there, there is quite a bit of a team aspect because you're just not, you're not necessarily out there for yourself. Um, if you decide to give up on a game in a normal tournament, it's just you. You lose, you're out, you're in the cons, etc. But if you are losing in your team of nine, that's one point for the team down. Um, right. and, and he really gives you uh, this, this inherent drive to, to fight for you know, your teammates. And, and I think that's probably what made him so successful, mm. um, at least you know, at, 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 at Trinity College. Um, along with, you know, recruiting some of the best players in the world. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Um, but but yeah, this, yeah. this team, this family atmosphere. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, you hear about, I mean, with all the great coaches in other sports, I mean, you hear about it in basketball and in, uh, in football, uh, uh, American uh, football uh, at the college level. You hear about these great coaches and how they, like you said, are able to uh, make that connection with their team. I think a lot of it, a lot of times you hear about coaches, they – they give the team something to to fight for, something to play for. Maybe put a chip somehow, put a chip on on their shoulders. Uh, and it, it sounds a lot like uh, Paul was really, really uh, uh, very good at doing that. Yeah, yeah, and uh, and I, I think I think one of the big things was that the team felt that he was in a hundred percent, and 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 that Trinity squash was his life, and that, I think that made us want to give him back something at the same time. I mean, a lot of us were internationals too, so the circumstances, he, he played that father role, he would help us. But he was in, he was at the court seven in the morning until seven at night. Mm. And I'm sure that affected other parts of his life. But if you yeah. needed something, you could call him and he would answer. At 10 o'clock, if you were in trouble, he would answer, he would come. And, um, and then, you know, then when I went into the coaching, you know, he would lean on me for that as well. So I saw both sides of it, you know. Yeah. Um, but I think that also taught me a lot about about giving and what it takes to to be successful you know especially you know trying to win as a coach as well so hopefully i have a couple of qualities that maybe after i play i can be successful coaching too but we'll see I don't know. <laughs> I'm, I'm sure you will i'm sure sure you will um he'll probably definitely have rubbed off on you and not only uh in terms of uh, what you do as a player but then you know if you pursue coaching definitely uh we'll, we'll see that now i just wanted to uh you know, fast forward a bit now to uh, this year. This year, you, I mean, I think it was 2018, maybe you, or 2017, you got up to 65 in the world. And I'd noticed you, you've been putting on, putting up, up some really, really uh, good results. And uh, then I'm not sure if this is what caused it, but I think it was right around December, you had, uh, you know, an unfortunate uh, scare there with the, I guess you call it uh, a mini stroke that you had a transient ischemic uh, attack uh, that put you, I mean, that must have been extremely uh, scary for you. So if, if you don't mind uh, taking us back, uh, just uh, what, what happened there, uh, Chris? Yeah. Uh, I mean, 2017, 2018, and even 2018, I think it was one of my best years playing. Um, yeah. And I thought it was, you know, I was still moving up. You know, I had beaten Sorov. Um, at the Commonwealth Games, which was probably one of the biggest, it's the biggest win I've ever had in uh, in competition. 
Um, and then, you know, I had some great results in the summer, the Pan Ams getting second and, and then into a couple of PSAs that fall doing well. And I, yeah, I, I don't know. And then that happened in December and it's been pretty rocky since then, to be honest. Um, mm. I think I, I'm not sure. I mean, physically I was back relatively quickly. Um, yeah. mentally, I, I think it's, it's taken a lot longer than, than I thought, whether I'd noticed it or not. Um. And then, you know, a couple other things came along after that, you know, I hadn't been on court for a while, got Achilles tendonitis. That was another two months. Mm. Um, and, and things just started to spiral. And, you know, a lot of people will, you know, say physical separate from mental. But I, I mean, I'm starting to believe more and more, you know, my brain was probably telling me I wasn't ready and I was trying to be ready. And, you know, these things started happening as well. So, I mean, I don't really believe much in coincidence anymore. Um, I think everything's connected, you know, the body, the mind, yeah. Yeah, yeah. just, just, in life and and so it's been a, a really tough spring but um i mean i've been been working hard i've been trying and i, I know at some point things are going to turn around and, and oh, for um, sure i mean it's got it's got got to have some connection i mean you you i mean i i really noticed uh you had some great wins you and, and some great results up until almost right up until that happened and then uh that happened so when it, when it happened, I mean, uh, was there any explanation for it or was it just kind of one of these freak things or uh, were the doctors able to uh, give you any uh, advice as to, uh, or may maybe give you some reason as to why uh, that, ha that happened? Yeah. So um, uh, apparently when th those things happen, um, it, you, you pretty commonly find a hole in your heart and, and apparently the, the numbers are like one in five people have a hole in their heart. You know, it's when you, when you're born and you take your first breath, there's like a flap in the middle of the heart that should close, which mm. helps everything run. And some people don't close fully or some people have just a, a small hole. So they end up finding a very tiny hole, um, which there was a, a very small, you know, I mean, I'm not obviously a, a doctor, but like a very small, like blood clot that went through and, uh, and hence why it wasn't a, a stroke, you know, per se, it was just a TIA is what they call it. So there was a temporary symptoms. You know, and within six, six, seven hours, I was completely fine again. Right. Um, but, but it was pretty scary at the time, you know, and, and they wouldn't let me leave the hospital for four days. And I was, I was just really contemplating a lot on, um, on what was going to happen. Um, so yeah, up until that point, I mean, I was, I was feeling pretty good. And this was like yeah. basically my full first full year, like not doing any coaching and just doing the training. And it's just funny how that, that kind of happened. But, but again, I mean, everyone says like when, when you are playing, you take, every time you make a change and that's a pretty big change, you know, um, I was taking a big leap just to play in fully. And I think I should have done it earlier, but, but you know, there's a lot of learning curves that come with it. And, uh, and I guess it's just another one of them learning, yeah, learning from that and just finding ways to continue to improve. No, exactly. I mean, uh, yeah, you, you'd reach that, that number 65 ranking and, uh, there's no reason why you can't uh, keep moving up from that. So, uh, I guess it's just a, a little, uh, you know, a, a test of your, your mental fortitude and see if you can get back to where you were and then push forward uh, from there, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah, well, I'm hoping. That I've, I've been yeah. working, so it, it'll, it'll come. That's my Dr. <laughs> Phil uh, for you right there. Yeah. <laughs> a little Dr. Phil positive uh, uh, feedback. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, now you mentioned earlier Rodney Martin, so you've been working uh, a bit. I mean, a legend of the game. We all love uh, love watching him play back in the day, especially me. He was a, 
uh, when I was a junior, he was number whatever he was, five in the world or four or three, I, I forget. But just incredible uh, talent uh, uh, on the court. Maybe maybe sort of a, you know one of those shot makers, guy, guy with an, an incredible wrist. So uh, it must be fantastic to be able to work uh, with him, uh, have him as your coach. So when did you uh, start working with Rodney and um, – uh, what what has he done to really uh, enhance your game? Because I know you you've said that he's he's been instrumental in bringing you to another level. Yeah, um, I mean, uh, probably started working with him maybe three years ago now, um, and I, I would make the trip down from Hartford at Trinity to to Greenwich once twice a week, which was quite a quite a trip, and I got pretty tired of it after a couple of years, and hence why I decided to move down try and just make a big a big push um but I, I i mean i think yeah he was instrumental in in moving me to the to the next level uh just the sheer i mean physicality of the game and and hitting i mean um he, he's one of the more most technical coaches i think out there and uh i think my swing and game just jumped leaps and bounds um with, with even just that um but then even watching score i mean he's you can't ask for anything more. Any of these guys, he got to number two in the world, world open champion, beat yeah. Jangsha, beat Jahangir. I mean, I mean, you just need to be a sponge and, and take in everything you can can from him. Um, and and you know he he demands quite a bit. Um, yeah, I, and, I remember I, uh, I I had Chris Hansen on, on uh, a few months ago, and I think he get he's also being coached by Rodney, which would explained yeah. you guys playing a bit together and he said the same thing but he also uh he also commented on on how tough the sessions can be yeah uh <laughs> i mean they're, they're brutal i mean i've heard stories of many pros coming to have a one or two sessions and just not coming back because uh they they can't they can't handle it or, or don't want it um like maybe i'm a sucker for punishment maybe we all are me and chris and, and ryan um yeah. but no i, th I think yeah, I needed someone like that. I don't think so. I had a couple of coaches, uh, two, three, four. You know, um, Noel McCree, Karen Anderson, uh, Rene, Denny. Um, you know, for quite some time. And but I, I never actually, once I left Jamaica, I didn't actually fully work with a coach full time. And uh, and I think I needed that. I needed that kick in the ass and or that butt. Sorry. <laughs> um, uh, F bombs are okay. I want to. Relate. Uh, <laughs> just uh, just someone to be relentlessly pushing me and and expecting more. And, and me just trying to continue to give more. Um, and I think that has definitely opened up my eyes to, to even as simple as like, we don't, we don't really know how much our body can push or take and, until you really have someone telling you or showing you how much you can actually take. And, yeah. and Rod really pushes you to the limit that when you do get into a game, there's no, there's no doubt at all that you can't <laughs> handle the pressure of hitting or the pace or the, the fitness with anyone. And, I think that's probably what's led to to many of my you know big wins, but mm. I just have to find some consistency in in those wins, if that makes sense. Absolutely. Well, uh, I'm just wondering, uh, uh, Chris, what if if you don't mind, uh, what would one of the more uh, sort of excruciating uh, sessions? Can can you remember one of those and maybe maybe share it uh, share it with the uh, with the listeners here? <laughs> uh. I mean, a lot of them are, uh, are pressure sessions per se. And um, yeah. when Rod wants to work you, he can put the ball anywhere he wants on the court. <laughs> yeah. With you spraying it back anywhere at him, at his face, at his feet, his, his, his ability to put the ball where he wants to put it consistently is, is quite incredible still. 
Yeah. Um, and so, I mean, we've done sessions where we've gone I mean, 75 minutes, you know, 80 minutes with no water break, just consistently pressure work, <laughs> pressure work, ghost running, yeah. you know, and, th and those are, they're, they're not very often, but every now and then they are. And, and a lot of it too is, is him building up, building us up mentally, as I said, like for you to just be able to go out there and be like, ah, well, I mean, I've done this, there's, there's no way I can't handle you know, something that someone's going to do on, on the court. So it's pretty difficult to describe a session, but I mean, imagine, <laughs> imagine doing about an hour of pressure drills and then about half an hour of ghosting as fast as you can with Rod, you know, screaming at you being, let's go faster, faster, come on. <laughs> um, yeah, yeah, yeah. With no water in between. <laughs> oh my. Yeah. I can, well, those days, I mean, I never, I probably never uh, got to that level, but those days are long behind me. So good luck. <laughs> Yeah, I, I got a lot more ahead of me, hopefully. Yeah, yeah, no, good. I mean, it all sounds good. That That's the kind of stuff. I mean, if you want to, to get to that next level, I mean, you hear you hear about it all the time. The guys who put the time in are the guys, you know, that, that are going to get to the promised land kind of thing. So, But uh, I did want to ask you, uh, uh, Chris, uh, now I have this question in my mind, uh, and, and I want, want your opinion. Uh, you, you always hear about the fittest players on the tour, right? You got guys like uh, maybe um, Paul Cole, Joel Macon, maybe the Beast, uh, Mohammed El, El Shabagi. But uh, in my mind, um, the fittest player on the tour. You may not. You know, it might surprise you who uh, the name, but uh, Rene Denis. Back back in the day. <laughs> no, even the, I'm just kidding. That, that was a joke. The, the guy, the guys for his oh, age. No I mean, he, he's. How many push-ups can you do? Uh, How many way too many. I mean, like a thousand. I don't know if I'll be able to do that when I'm his age. Yeah, uh, uh, he, he definitely works out. Pros. <laughs> <laughs> He's got to be fitter than just about anyone on tour, I'd say. I I would agree. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Rene, I know from from back when I played. Uh, I think he like he he's a quite a bit older than I am, but I, I, he was coaching the provincial team in Quebec or was living in Quebec or Ottawa at the time I forget but I, I know that he was one of your coaches uh, uh, in Jamaica just uh, wanted to give him a shout out and uh, what I know he spent quite a bit of time with you o over the years so uh, tell us a little bit about yeah. Rene and how he's uh, uh, impacted your your career over the years. Yeah, no, I mean um, he would he would do stints down in Jamaica where he would come down and coach and then go back. So that's where I first got introduced to him when I was a junior. And then when I decided to turn pro, you know, we connected again. And, and he's, he's been there for this whole, whole journey, to be honest. Um, and, and whether or not being able to be physically there all the time, um, he's always texting, you know, checking in how we're doing. We're going back and forth, talking about things, you know, advice on, you know, not just in-game, but off-game, mental things. So he's really been a, you know, a pillar for for me in terms of my game and just just being there to to help you know whenever I need it and I'm, I'm very thankful that you know there's been a lot of disagreements a lot of agreements and great times and bad times and he's never never wavered in in that sense and just always always been there you know he coached uh, the Jamaican team quite a bit as well so yeah. he was at many events where we've been hugely successful um so you know, I'm just thankful that he he hasn't been become sick of me as yet. As you as you know, athletes can be very <laughs> temperamental at times. You yeah. have a bad loss, you don't talk to anyone for four days, and you have a, a big win, and you know everything's cheery. But <laughs> yeah, yeah. But no, um, yeah, he, 
always been there. And even, even today, I, mean, I spoke to him yesterday and he's out in Barbados, you know. Um, yeah, I mean, he's, he's really traveling around. He's in Kenya, you know, at the start of the year running with, with those, those marathon runners. I don't know Jeez. why, I don't know how, <laughs> but uh, he's, he's definitely... Yeah. No, I love his Facebook posts because I mean, I, you know, I, I think I'm relatively fit for my age, but uh, I'm not sure how old uh, Rene is, but uh, I mean, he's up there doing like 500 uh, pull-ups, sit-ups, uh, jumping jack. It, it, so- it sounds like one of your session- sessions with uh, Rodney. Uh, he puts himself through it. I don't think it'll be far off. Yeah, the physical side. <laughs> <laughs> but, but yeah, yeah, Rene is a great guy. And uh, yeah, like you said, uh, uh, he's been there for, I noticed uh, quite a bit over the last few years that he does post uh, a lot of stuff about you and the other, uh, you know, other guys that, that he's uh, affiliated yeah. with on, on his oh, Facebook. So, yeah. Now, uh, now obviously uh, we're here to talk about the Pan Am games and it's uh, for the men's team anyway, Jamaica consists of yourself, Lewis Walters and uh, Bruce Burroughs, I believe. So uh, obviously we know a little bit about you, but uh uh, tell us about the other guys. I mean, Lewis, Lewis has a bit of a name for himself on the PSA tour. And uh, Bruce, I'm not really that familiar with. But tell us about your teammates and uh, why many people are saying, quite a few people I've spoken to are saying that we shouldn't look past you guys. Ah, oh, you can't look past us. What are you talking about? <laughs> um, right. Yeah, no, we, we got a good team. It's probably the best, the, the best team I think Jamaica's had in quite some time. Um, you know. Lou's, Lou's a legend. He was on the tour for a, a long time. You know, he got, you know, he was in the top 100 for a long time. Um, and he, he's played with some of the best players in the world, you know. Yeah. Um, I've, I've known Lou for quite a while now. Uh, he came over and coached at Yale, and so we started playing together. Then he started representing Jamaica. His dad's Jamaican, and, and you know, it's, it's been all history since then. And now he's back in the UK. He went back to school. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's, you know, he might even be playing even better squash now because he's consistently, you know, training, you know, doing some coaching, but hitting with guys like Dick and George Park and these guys who are, yeah. who are based around the Nottingham area um, right. and playing in leagues over there. So, I mean, I wouldn't be surprised if, if Lou would, would, he would do really well in the singles event as well. You know, I mean, yeah. even at the Commonwealth yeah. Games, you know, he technically wasn't on the tour and he, he beat he beat a guy who was in the top sixty in the world at the time. So. Right. So, so Lou is going to be, I mean, obviously unbelievable. And I'm going to be playing doubles with him at the, at the games. And he's also been practicing okay. a lot of that. So um, have Bruce you, have as you guys well, been, uh, uh, Bruce's been around for a while. Yeah. Sorry, yeah? No, no, sorry. Uh, no, I was going to say, uh, have you guys been uh, playing or practicing any doubles uh, of late? Uh, so he's going to be coming over before the Pan Am Games for us to get, uh, get you know, basically our preparation going. And then before the games at, at, in Peru, um, but he's been doing some doubles events, and so have I, just practicing okay. the the same wall we're on. It's just a little difficult, me being in New York and him being in Nottingham. So, right. Um, so he'll be over for a week, uh, a week and a bit before the games, before we leave for the games. Um, so, so it'll be good. But we've been playing together for the last five, six years, so we know each other pretty well. And um, and uh, you know, I'm hoping we have a relatively decent draw, and uh, we can create a stir in the event. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's going to be interesting. I mean, uh, obviously, uh, well, the Americans uh, have a strong team. Uh, uh, all the, the South American countries, uh, you know, you've got Peru, you've got uh, Colombia. They're going to be, uh, especially at, at the number one position, very difficult. But uh, you never know. And uh, 
Mexico's deep. So it should be in Canada, the defending uh, uh, team champions, strangely enough. They're, yeah. they're, they're, they're up there looking to defend the title. So should be interesting, shouldn't they it? The doubles, uh, they won the doubles at one of the Pan Ams too as well, no? Yeah. Uh, last one, but the- yeah, I think so, yeah. In Toronto, maybe, yeah, the Schnell brothers, yeah. The Schnell brothers, yes. Yeah. What's that? Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. But no, I mean, yeah, there are a lot of good players. I mean, this this region is is getting a lot better. Um, uh, I mean, Canada were always very good, right? Um, the U.S. the U.S. players are getting some of the best in the world, and Peru, Diego, you know, Colombia, Miguel. I mean, it's not just Europe and Egypt and Asia anymore. I think yeah. we are starting this region as a whole is starting to make a, a strong foothold on the game and. Um, it's great for everyone over here. So yeah, absolutely. I mean, you've got. I'm not sure where Miguel is in the rankings. I, I think he, if he, I think he's still he's in the top enough. ten. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, Diego's in the top ten. I mean, you've got two guys from the region, from from the area, in the uh, in the top ten, and then just below that, several others. So it's definitely uh, a showcase of uh, the best players in the world, right there. Yeah, yeah, and uh, Diego's got a little home court advantage, so that'll be good. Good yeah, for him. He'll be, uh, he'll be fun. He'll be pumped up for that. And and uh, you guys are being coached by uh, by Karen Anderson, who's been, I think, coaching the the national team at that level for quite some time now. Not a household name in you know, to me, anyways, but uh, obviously been around the game for a while. So uh, tell us about Coach Anderson a little bit. Yeah, no, she's great. So she was uh, actually one of my coaches, maybe from when I was about 15 through until I went to college or 16 till I went to college. Mm-hmm. Um, and she played a bit on the women's tour and she actually um, was coached by Renee for a little bit as well, went to Canada and did the tour up there. Okay. Um, so she's very experienced and she, she really does know her stuff. Um, and I respect her a lot. I mean, she's been there for me again, um, kind of, you know, my upbringing, she's seen the terrible side of me, but also, you know, hopefully <laughs> I've grown into a, a better person <laughs> um but uh but she she really does know the game and she she absorbs and watches and learns so quickly um that that i mean anytime she does talk to us you know we all listen and we, re- we respect anything she she does say so we are excited you know to have her um the last time she, she was with us at the commonwealth games but she had a she had a slight Achilles tear. Um, okay. <laughs> so she was uh, just, uh, rolling around in a, a little wheelchair. Um, so okay. this time I think uh, back to full health and be will be a little more mobile and, and I think it will be a great event. That's great. Well, it's gonna be it's gonna be exciting. Uh, like you said, it's be interesting to see who's in your pool. The 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 draw hasn't been released uh, yet, obviously, but it should be uh, in a few weeks' time, I would imagine. But uh, you're no stranger to the big stage, um, Chris. I mean, uh, the Commonwealth Games, you, uh, which you spoke briefly about earlier, uh, you had a big, big win over Sorov Gosal. Just, I think it was about 12 in the world at the time. Uh, so just take us back to that. I mean, that, that, that had to have been uh, one of the biggest matches uh, uh, of your career, if not the biggest. So what did that win mean uh, to you and tell you about your own game? I don't really know. I mean, uh, I... So, I, I mean, I, I went out there and I was just taking it as another game. Um, and I was pretty confident, relatively. Uh, I probably have this delusional sense of confidence a lot of the time I step on court. Um, but, uh, but I think uh, anyone needs that if they want to, to believe mm-hmm. in themselves. And we started the match um, and I felt pretty comfortable, to be honest, in the first game. Um, and I was actually up, I think, a bit in that game. And then I... I think I saw that I had a chance of winning a game and I just 
shit the bed in a way and I just uh, I just hand started shaking hit the tin glass hand and I uh, lost the game and I was pretty pissed <laughs> yeah. off yeah yeah <laughs> game, he, he maybe that out. loosened you um, up a bit yeah and I think it got me a little angry as well which I think helped because then I got mm. I got more involved in the game if that made sense like I was a little more aggressive hitting the ball and I wasn't just floating it around um and I still lost the second and I was like ah oh, well let me just try get one game um and I snuck out the third game I think it was about nine all and I somehow won that 11-9 and I was like, oh, well, maybe, like, I was happy, but I, I wasn't really satisfied. And I was like, oh, maybe let's try and get another game. And I ended up getting another game. And I was like, Jesus, I have a chance here. And yeah. the crowd is getting big. And I was, I was just kind of loving it. And, you know, I, you know, Sora probably, you know, he had maybe a little extra pressure on him and wasn't playing to, to his best. And, um, and uh, you know, I got, got through that last game. I had a, a lead at five, maybe five, three or something. And then maybe another lead later in the game and then obviously I blew that you know because I was getting nervous again and uh and thankfully there you know I got I got I think I remember it I think he got a pretty tough call at, at nine all or something like that yeah yeah um yeah. and I didn't complain I just took the ball went to the other side of course <laughs> um and then I ended up hitting <laughs> the most ridiculous shot to win the match he hits the ball right back at me I wasn't ready and I kind of just like throw my racket up and it just goes on the other side and I end up winning the game and so wow um, you know, I, I, I think I played pretty well. Um, and I mean, I would have had to have played really, really well at that time. And I think he may have just had a, a slightly slower step because that was his first game. I had a game in the morning to, to get into that game and he didn't. Right. So, you know, Soros is a great player and I'm glad Absolutely, he's, yeah. you know, in the top 10 and everything now. And I think, uh, it was just my night and it just wasn't necessarily his, um, yeah. Well, he, uh, I spoke on, to I him uh, a few months. I spoke to him a few months ago, uh, and uh, he he meant we talked a little bit about the match. And it, obviously, he was, you know, very disappointed with the result. But uh, you look at what happened after that, and look where he is now. I mean, it's just like yeah. what you said earlier. You know, you 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 fall down, you get back up, and you go and, and move on uh, and, and play better. And that's exactly seemingly uh, how things have played out for him. Yeah, yeah, and I'm I'm so happy for him too. Um, uh, and I mean, hopefully, I mean, if I can beat someone like him, I mean, who's to say I can't beat other people? So no, for sure. Hopefully, yeah. once I get things, things going again, um, I can start moving back up as well, and uh, maybe play him again on on the tour at some somewhere. Yeah, exactly. Well, I mean, I was watching, you know, in preparation for for speaking to you today. I watched a few of your matches on. Uh, couple of your trinity matches i mean you've got to me i mean i look at you and i just say yeah he's he's a top professional squash player and and definitely to me i mean you've got the ability to get to uh you know the top levels of the game so chris really uh thanks so much uh, for coming on and i want to wish you and the jamaican team uh, all the best uh, at the pan am games i'll be watching uh carefully and, and closely and uh you know good luck in that and uh, thanks again Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. Hope we do well. Uh, thanks to Christopher again for that. Uh, we want to wish Jamaica, Christopher, uh, and the Jamaican squad uh, all the best uh, at the Pan Am Games. They have like uh, they have a very uh, very strong team and shouldn't be uh, overlooked. Uh, obviously, the uh, 
the other teams, the Colombians, the Peruvians, the Canadians, the uh, the U.S., uh, all with a, a fair bit of pedigree there at this event. Uh, but Jamaica should not be overlooked, uh, given who's on that team: Christopher at one, Lewis at two, and Bruce uh, at three. So good luck to them. Uh, now, one thing uh, I forgot to ask him, and he must uh, he must get this a lot, but uh, you know, I juxtapose uh, his uh, his image with. Uh, Rory McIlroy and uh, definitely a doppelganger there uh, I, I've seen his uh, his image uh, a few times on Facebook and I thought I, I thought it was Rory because I've got uh, uh, I'm on his uh, like I've liked the Rory fan page the Rory McIlroy fan page as I play a bit of golf and there's a striking resemblance there between the two I didn't ask him about that although uh, I should have he must get that a fair bit um, um, yeah, I'm sure he does. But uh, anyways, everyone, uh, we've got a few more of these coming up. The Pan Ams are just a few weeks down the road, hoping to get a couple of the coaches on uh, from the various teams. Also a few more of the players, a couple of the ladies and the men's uh, competitors in the event. So stay tuned uh, for those. Again, uh, everyone, thanks for listening and have a great day. Goodbye now.